Good morning. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Jess, for hosting. We have to this morning, the whole, throughout this whole week, the learning in our in our chevers, and this morning as well, in memory of David ben Yitzchak Hakohen. David ben Yitzchak Hakohen. That's your My father's father. Your grandfather. Yeah. Today's your side. Today's uh, Shabbos. Shabbos. Well, okay, we're supposed to learn. Seventieth. Mm-hmm. His seventieth Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, that means your Abba, he, was, your father was young when he lost him, right? Must have been. It's the seventieth year, really, uh, no? Here, here, Nitsa. It should be. Okay, so what I want to do today is, since the last few weeks we dealt with a very, very heavy thing called pachad, and it was touching on a lot of different. Very obviously, <laughs> delicate chords. And so I wanted to do today something that's a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more besemcha, a little bit, yeah, a little bit more, a little bit more chizuk, but in a strong way. Because who doesn't need chizuk and when don't we need chizuk? So there are two ways of finding chizuk. One is by saying, I'm going to be gutsy enough to look at the dark places in me, get all the koyach I need to start doing some deep bidikas chametz, even, even though it's not Erev Pesach, but I'm going to go there. And that'll make me into a strong warrior. But in Breslov, the way that Rabbi Nachman would advise people to go and do that holy work was not through that. That's not the way that we start, according to the Eitz of, of the Tzaddik. You know, when we say in Breslov that you know, the, the Hasidim Rabbi Nachman walk around and just talk all day long about the Eitz of the Tzaddik, ah, the Eitz of the Tzaddik, ah, they would talk like that, like, wow, one word, one word from the, the Rebbe you could walk with you could walk with for, 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 for years and years and years, receiving, receiving chizuk and koyach for years and years and years. We're going to see one Eitzah of the Tzaddik. This is from Chayim Aram, the biography of Rabbi Nachman. It's going to sound, remember, the, the, the way that these sichot from Rabbi Yitzchak Bender work is that the beginning is always a quote of something that happened in Rabbi Nachman's life, something he said to somebody, and how they took that word and then made a whole Torah out of it. Okay, remember if you if you only have thirty eight years of someone's life, you're going to grab onto every word they say, and that's exactly how they what what how the world of Breslov has developed because we're talking about thirty eight year lifespan and then trying to like hold on to every word, and they've documented it you know quite quite impressively, mamash, in an amazing in an amazing way. So the sicha is called leharich nekuda tova karaui. That means. To value the good points, as it should be. To learning how to value good points about ourselves. Which means, since your goof, since the body takes up so much space of your experience of being in this world, the body, the things that are whatever, materialistic, they take up so much space. So much concern is given towards filling those needs. Therefore, you have to, you have to, you have to bother it, you have to kind of like 
stop all the all the focus being on the body with what? Im diburim kedoshim by speaking a lot about what's the purpose of being here in this world. And the more you speak about that, the more you wonder about that, the more that that's the sichot chaverim that you have with each other, the tachlit of this world. What's the, why am I here in this world? What are we here doing? The less that that thing called the body consumes us with time, space, and energy. That's pretty muvan. That's not such a big chiddush. That's, you know, it, okay. וממילא, מובן, כי צריכים לדבר עם עצמו גם כן דיבורים הרבה מעניין התחזקות. And a person has to constantly be telling themselves, talking to themselves, regarding strengthening themselves, לחזק את נפשו, בכדי שלא ירפו ידיו, ירפו ידיו לגמרי חס ושלום. To give yourself, to give your soul strength, so that God forbid you don't become weak and lose your drive for life. Lose your drive for even trying. Like it's brought down in the poems and the songs that Rabbi Nachman wrote. And you could find what we just said throughout all of his writings. And this is what we say before Pesuket de Zimra. And then we say, You know where this is, right? This is like before Korbanos. It's not really said in many places. But if it's Kedai, it's so beautiful. It's right after Birkot HaShachar where we say, If a person wants to be real, I want to talk about Emet. Dover Emet Bilvavo. I want to be a person that speaks MS in my heart. So I have to just put it out there. What, what, what is all this? Nothing. The whole Indian is, my body's not going to give din v'cheshbon when it goes up to Shemaim, because my body's not going to go back to Shemaim. What about me is going to go back to Shemaim? My neshama. And my neshama is going to have to provide answers. That's what I should be worrying about. That's what I should be thinking about. This connects to our Sunday morning shir we just had about this. Uh, when it comes to Yetzias Yidei Chova, obligation, fulfilling your obligation with, with davening. Whose obligation are you fulfilling? You're fulfilling your own Neshama's obligation. Okay. So this is just in general, something Rabbi Nachman would tell people. Now look, what, look how they develop this. Let's talk about this. How do you get strong? You go to a Musa Shmuz, you go to a Munashir. How, do how does someone get strong? How many people have really gotten strength from memes? It lasts for a few seconds, maybe. But real chizuk, real hitchaskut. Think of the last time you were going through something, or you could be going through it now, and you've received some level of hitchaskut. What happened exactly to cause that to be? But that you strengthen yourself. Not that you're waiting for someone to come from the outside. And this is the Inyan. Everyone thinks that Hitzchaskut in Breslov means find a friend to talk to and have a Sichat Chavirim. But that's just one of the things. A person has to develop their own set. They have to be in touch with the arsenal that already exists within them of giving themselves Chizuk. The Shaila is how. How do you do that? 
That'd be great. None of us want to be codependent. None of us want to feel like I need to go there to receive chizuk. We want to feel that we could discover this, develop this on our own. I can strengthen myself. Who wouldn't want that? We all want that. The question is how. We're going to attempt to begin to, to answer that question today. Not so, I'm telling them, not so heavy. Could have chose, there was some sicha, I was about to choose, and like, no way. This is, is, that made pachat seem like, uh, like, like, like marshmallows. We have to sometimes just like go back to some basic fundamentals of just giving yourself chizuk. And a person feels simcha in their heart with the good points that they were privileged of pointing out in themselves. Like it's known in the famous teaching 282 of Rabbi Nachman, the Torah that Rabbi Nachman said you have to walk with every day of your life, the teaching called Azamra. With the good points. Did we ever go through Azamra here? We did? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just a nice word. It's, it's crucial. It's very important. Two years ago, so people who started recently missed, missed it. Mm. It's not fair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Okay. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. Ve'yeshbotoelet <laughs> atzoma. There's a tremendous benefit from it. A great awakening. You know, tznufa means like a... Like a tznufa. It's like a... Yeah, no, it's a sprint. It's like a sprint forward. Yeah. Where do we have this word in the Torah, by the way? Tznufa. Yeah, the, the Omer. Omer at tznufa. You got to sprint towards Shavuos from, from Pesach, out of Mitzrayim. You're sprinting every day, going forward with the Lechem, Omer HaTnufa. Hitorerut gdola utnufa rabba lehamshich darko ba'avodato et boro yitbarach. So let's just, you know what? I'm just going to do a clearly thing. Rabbi Nachman said over there that a person has to always try hard to find nekudot tovot in people that it's hardest to find nekudot tovot about them. Find good points. Rabbi Nachman says it must be that each person in the world has some nekudat tova. Chayav liyot, it has to be. And when you look at them, that's all you're focusing on. Just that one good nekudat tova. They look at you looking at their nekudat tova. They start to, they start to uh, identify themselves with the way that you're looking at them. And then that nekudat tova becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're creating... Rabbi Nachman says you're basically creating nigunim because those nekudot tovot are like musical notes and you create a nigun by the way you could look at someone. I just, I just made it into, you know, it's very long. But then Rabbi Nachman says, but don't think that you could do that if you don't know how to do that on yourself. Mm-hmm. Easy to do that with, not easy, but easier to do that with someone else. To do that <clears throat> looking in the mirror is very, very hard because usually when we look in the mirror to find the nekudot tova, we don't think that's an avoda. We're trained to think it's the opposite. Find what's dirty and clean it up. So eventually that'll be part of the avoda, but it has to start somewhere else. It has to start by looking in the mirror and choosing one good thing about myself and thinking about that one good thing all day long. In Breslov, that is avoda kodesh kodeshim. 
it's of utmost importance. It's not a luxury. It's not like, oh, this is another nice thing you can do. In Rabbi Nachman's world of thought, to connect to all of his teachings, of tefillah, of izbordus, of itchaskut, of itkashrut, all of his, all of his Torahs, this concept that, he just, that we just mentioned, Mamish, in a nutshell, is key in, in being part of the bigger picture of his world of Torah. I have to look, I have to find a nekudat tova in myself and focus on it. I have to walk with that all day long. Why would it? Why would it? Wouldn't it blind you to? I guess you're just not used to focusing. Afoch, it wouldn't blind you to anything. It would actually give you koach to start doing work on places that need to be worked on. No, it actually can give me light. It can give me strength, like shavel ashkiabi, not meet nasut. A place of I know it's a different way of looking at it. I once gave this shear of a Zamra in Oakland. It was in Shabbos in Oakland. Bina and I were, were just married. We were doing a trip from LA to uh, San Francisco. And Shabbos, we had a, I had a gig in this shul in Oakland. And uh, I get, we, we learned a Zamra. And one guy that was sent by the Mossad or something, I don't know, he was an Israeli guy that was there to, I don't know what, but Shtuyot answer he gave me. It was clear this guy was working for this secret service, but he's from, and he came to Shulan Shabbos, and he had a very hard time with this teaching. Not from Itnasut, he was saying, There's a mitzvah that says you have to rebuke, you know, that's a mitzvah. How do we deal with that? Wait, just focus on the good points? Good shayla, no? It's easier to start working on someone's negative when you first open the door with a positive, they're more willing. You know, like when I would phone parents and they'd say, oh no, what did my son do now? Mm-hmm. They're like, it's a nachas call. Right, mm-hmm. right, they're shocked. You know, like, yeah. let's focus on what he's doing well. You know, like In order, not, not to, uh, alive, not to um, you know, remove the, our responsibility for what, what does need to be taken care of, but in order to do what needs to be taken care of. But to go back to this guy's question, he said, what do you do about that mitzvah? What, I'm just supposed to focus on nekudot tovot? So do you remember what we learned, what Reb Nassim's answer was? It was a great answer. He said, let us deal with all the other mitzvahs in the Torah and leave that one to the end. Let other people feel like they have the need to do a Put that on them. Our shita is, we'll first do everything else. And then at the end, we'll, we'll get to ocheach tocheach amitecha. What was he saying? is that if I keep on focusing on, on, on a Zamra, there will eventually be no need for Ochech Tochech Et Amitecha. Because that Reiyah, that Reiyah Yafa Tova Ubrura, that beautiful way of focusing on people, actually does affect the way that they think about themselves and thus elevates them and their actions as well. <coughs> yes, Ahava. I think the concept is that whatever you, you focus on expands. Mm-hmm. So if people know mm-hmm. that, then you but I do want to go back to what you said. So where would they be? If I, if I really do this, Mamash L'Shem Shamayim, and I say, of course I have flaws, but I've seen that beginning the work on myself through flaws has never led me to a better place in my life. I'm focusing on my good right now so I could really be better all around. Then I think that if it's done, if it's done like that, 
it's easy to be a cop out. You know, I could I could easily cop out and say, I'm just gonna you know focus on Adam Hashem It's very hard at a certain point when you live with the teachings of Rabbi Nachman to fool yourself and to go to the place of arrogance when it comes to Azamra. It it just won't work. It'll die. Same thing. Azamra is the name of the teaching. Azamra is the name of the teaching, Nekudatova. Sorry, I should have explained that. Azamra lelokai beodi. Rabbi Nachman says, baod sheyeshbi, baod. In that little bit more that I could find in myself, azamra lelokai. I'm going to sing a nigun over with the beauty that I find in myself. <coughs> and it's based on the pasuk, veod ma'at ve'en rasha ve'hitbonanta al mekomo ve'enenu. Veod ma'at, in the little bit of good that you find in someone that may be a rasha, whether it's yourself or someone else, the little bit of good, you look at them, if you keep on looking at them with the od, you look at where they were, they're not there anymore. That, that person that you identified with is not there. Sorry, someone's new. There's someone new here. Okay. So that was, that was Bekitz or Nimrat's Azamra. But now let's go to the bottom paragraph here. It's very clear, undoubtedly. Again, it's, it's, it's undoubtedly clear whether when a person's, I want you to really hear these words. This is very important. When a person is very happy with the accumulation of the nekudot tovot that they have accumulated by this work that they've done, the way they look at others and themselves, and they get really happy about it. And it fills their heart with simcha. That I'm able to look at people like that, that I'm able to look at myself like that. So the believe Yitzhak Bender says, Lo yitachen, it can't be that you're satisfied. Lo yitachen shelo lo yishtokek tov od ve'od. It can't be that you're just in a place of, now I'm good. The drive, the drive to continue to spread that vision, the way you look and the simcha that you feel on everything, that drive grows. The passion grows. You get hungrier. You're not satisfied. Mm-hmm. And he develops this concept. Next page. Back of the page that you have. Ki when a person sincerely senses and feels that the little bit of good that you were just able to enliven yourself with, you gave yourself chizuk, you hechieta etatzmecha, you've, you've, like, tchias amesim, you've, how would you say it? You've resurrected yourself to a certain extent. This feeling is so good, why would a person say, I don't really need to do this anymore. I don't really want to do this anymore. In other areas. Can't be. This is contagious. Wow. This is, re- this is a little bit heavy, but it's b- not, not hard, but heavy. This is beautiful. He says like this. 
if a person is really satisfied with like a little bit of a zamra, and they're good, we know what that says about a person like that? It means that the simcha that you felt isn't real simcha. Mm-hmm. Because simcha, how do you know if it's real? If it spreads. That's how you know if simcha is real. You know if simcha is authentic if it then drives you to go to another place that you know needs working on, but you do it with simcha. Usually, we're very happy with like small achievements, and then we're like, okay, now I need to go binge watch something. Like it's good, I, I cleansed, and now I give myself the retreat. But he's saying that's not real simcha. Real simcha doesn't let you sleep, but you're okay with it because. You have a drive for life. You have a passion. There's something, there's a button that's turned on. And you're excited about the adventures and the challenges. As opposed to them, in the past, telling you, go back to bed. Go back to bed. It's different. It's pashut different. This Reb Levi Yitzchak Bender is saying is how much it's chashuv to take the Torah of Azamra literally and seriously because it spreads like a holy wildfire in a good way in a very good way so far so good any question whether you like it or not whether you like it or not of course do you want to explain in English to people that don't understand what you're talking about like there's 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 ups and downs in life there's you know periods of growth and periods of more withdrawal kind of into yourself. So, what, so what's the question now? So I guess the question is, this makes it sound like if it's not just continuing to constantly grow and constantly spread, then there was something wrong kind of, in the, you know, like there was something, like maybe it's, it needs to be... Re, reassessed. Yeah, reassessed, exactly. Meaning that's going to happen, yeah, that'll happen inevitably. But it doesn't mean that that level of initial simcha was it? It mean it just means that that was great for for then. Mm-hmm. Now there's but now, you know, the stuff that was great for us five years ago. I really hope they're not still good for us. Right, but not to like think like that. That wasn't that was that was real then. But but it doesn't but right. Not, right right it's, it's not. But it's not right. It was real. Don't doubt the sincerity of then, but don't lay that on what has to be today. So yeah. Referring to last night's year about you know davening, so we mm-hmm. come away saying, okay, um, I feel good about my davening. That's really not the right thought. You should always be thinking, I can do more. Right? Okay, so this is this is good. Um, yes. Right? Yes. From what I understand, yes. you're saying yes. it's not I can do more. It's saying like if I give myself positive reinforcement on this part of my life, I can sort of have a reflection that, well, I'm good at this, and everything else can grow with that at the core. It gives you the core. It gives you... Right? It, so it, you said, it, oh my God, everything can be worshipped. That's just overwhelming. Say, oh, I'm really good at uh, making challah. Then I can go make other food and feel like I can give it a try. Well, if I don't think it's good at anything, I'm going to just stop yeah. moving. Right. It's what we tell kids, parents. We want the kids to learn how to be risk takers. Mm-hmm. And you build their little bit of confidence in something, then they're ready to take that next step forward. You have to build that confidence level first before they're willing to take that step. Uh-huh. It's the same with us as adults. Of course, yeah. Of course. 
Of course. <laughs> of course. So much advice. I suggested that we get a parenting class. For sure. I think we really... <laughs> For sure. Watch. Absolutely. Or we could just like... Uh, Go back to all our shirim and edit out all your uh, all your all your divrei lekim chaim. Put out of no, I'm serious. I no no, but I was serious about what I said also. Like, <laughs> okay, so let let's let's go further. Let's go further. Wait, Abati, I do, I want to address something that you said. Um, maybe and, and Shoshana, tell me what you think about this. You hear Abati's question: Is a person ever supposed to feel like they had good davening? <laughs> we had we we talked about this in the parsha a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. The but idea of like um, just to not feel like haughty about it, but just be grateful to Hashem that you know today I was able to dabble. I think it goes back to also your sorry, what you said before, and you answered it, Roshana, like the idea of like being honest with ourselves, right? That's like the, and I think right about you, like that's. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, we all have to figure out. Uh, I mean, I'm speaking myself, so you know, you know, we all have to figure out like what, what's, you know, like what's real, right? Mm-hmm. So like, because I, I think it is very easy to get stuck, either here or here, right? Meaning, like Neely, you're, like to to constantly be criticizing ourselves is 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 deadly, right? But then, you know, we're always afraid of like going to the other side and being like, oh, I did that, I did that well. So, and then getting complacent. And then getting, right, exactly. So we, it's always like this balance between... If you're doing things well, then it becomes like a routine and get into a wreck because you're not putting your neshama into it anymore. It's like, okay, this is a good level. I'm, mm-hmm. you know. He's saying over here that you can never, in the real avod of Azama, you never get to a place of, this is a good level. Mm-hmm. You could be happy with what you did now. You could be very happy, but well, complacent is the word I think that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can be happy about it, but he's saying over here, happy, real happiness leads to hunger. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point that he's drilling home. That if I'm happy with my davening, that means I want to daven more. It doesn't mean my davening wasn't good. It just means that there's got to be more to this. You're like davening less. Like you said, a really great davening, you're like, I got this covered. Right. Like, right. okay, let me try right. tomorrow, but like right. I did good. I remember when Ilana Cronenberg was on the first woman's trip, yeah. and she grabbed the mic, the first of, of, of many of them. The first time she grabbed the mic, she's like, I am davened out. I've never davened this much. Do you remember this? I've never in my life davened this much. And yet, she kept on, like, she kept on davening. That's a, you know... It's positive, contagious, whatever you call it. It's like the way... That's what he's, that's what he's bringing home. There is a story about Durabshitzer where... The Misnagid came to him and saw him after davening, and he took his time. He was having l'chaim, he was having mazonos, and um, it took him a while till he started learning after davening. So some Misnagid came to Shul, saw him doing this. He said to him, Naftolchek, this? This is how you're acting? What a bush of a cherpa. So he said, let me tell you the difference between me and you. After you daven, you're like so certain that you had such a gishmak davening, you could just go and learn. After I daven, I have to console myself that it wasn't nearly as close as I know it could have been. So I console myself with little schnapps, little lachaim, little mizonos. I take my time until I have enough holy chutzpah to show my face in front of God's word. <laughs> okay. 
that story is either true <laughs> or <laughs> it's just another one of these terutzim that Hasidim have given to, uh, <laughs> to why everything is late. Hava nitbonen. Exactly, exactly. It's all ha- in the intention. Yeah. There's some truth to all of it. Yeah. Okay, let's go back inside. Let's look. How could it be? How could it be a person's given the opportunity to merit even more valuable possessions than whatever they already have? And a person doesn't take advantage. And doesn't put their hand in the whatever in the, in the yeah. How, how could it be mehechan zanovea? Where does it come from? You hear the question now, right? Where does it come from that we don't take more advantage of of having more good than we than we already have in life? Fear. Hmm? Fear. Let's see. Ki im sas lakachat od. If a person is not happy to go and take more. Then you probably don't value what you already have. Psychologically speaking, this is like, this is a breakthrough, okay? If a person's not so happy to go and take more of the otsar, of the goods that's given to them, Rebbe Levitzlach saying, it's not that you're satisfied. You might say you're satisfied with what you have, but what it probably shows is that you're not really aware of the preciousness and value of what you already have. How does this sit? How does this feel? What do you just said? Is it? Is it? First of all, do you understand this on a just like a pshat level? Does anyone not understand what he just said? Oh, I love it when like half the people don't understand. The one person says, "I don't understand." So I can. I could say, Nachon. So listen, listen. If a person is not excited to go and do more of the work that we just spoke about, then what is it saying about his relationship, her relationship, to the work that they had already done on themselves? What does it say about it? What does it say about it? No appreciate, no real appreciation. But the word here is erech. Erech means value. There's, you're not valuing. You don't really value what you've already done. It's not that you didn't do it. It's just you don't think it's so chashuv. You don't think it's that chashuv. I think you see it a lot in the Gashmi world. Yeah. When you have a person who fortune was passed down to them, they're enjoying it or whatever, but when you have a person who did not have it, who built his fortune, mm-hmm. he has this drive. Because... Mm-hmm. So that's more in the Gashmi world, but spiritual, spiritually, right now he's talking about a spiritual achievement, right? For example, yeah. What would you say? Can you give us an example? The fact that I was able to look at someone that I would previously judge, for instance, Chevron and Shul that are they they come to Shul, but they're on their they're checking WhatsApp all morning, right? while they're in davening. So this is one of the greatest battles to be berdichevers in shul. Because I could either look at them and say, this is such a chil Hashem. Or I could say, this guy never, never put, didn't put on tefillin for 20 years. Look at him, he's putting on tefillin. Okay. If I'm able to do that, 
and it doesn't fill my heart with simcha over the fact that this is the way that I'm looking at that person now, then driving me to do that more in my life, it means that I don't value how big of a thing it is to look at someone like I just described in that positive light. It means that I don't really think it's so, it's so impressive. Mm. This is your avodah. Mine, 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 my avodah. It means that I don't value my own avodah. And that's where Rebbe Yitzchak didn't want us to get to. He wants you to stop with Azamra, with you know, this one specifically, and say, Rega, do you realize the value, the preciousness of being able to do this? And others and on yourself. Yeah. Is it a question of, of a person um, being unsure of the value of their own tefillah? Or is it a question of that we, in this generation, are a little bit blind to the value of tefillah in general? Well, here it's not... You're talking about well, my example or his, what he's saying? Uh, my ex- what he's saying? Well, he's saying the kudot He's saying he's about a zamra. Yeah, own he's... Yeah. Like, if we don't... It's not about like that. I we just are not having work, have, don't really understand the value of a mitzvah or N- not of a mitzvah. I don't think I did it so well, and it's and, and it's not so precious to Hashem. No, no, no. You may even you may even understand it to be a very important thing. It just doesn't tofes it It doesn't really take up, and it doesn't fill your heart with. If something is really valuable to you, it takes up a space in you. If something's really valuable to you. If something's not that valuable to you, and you know it was a good thing, you could know something's good and it doesn't take up any space in you, because it's not precious to you. It's not valuable to you. Yitzhak Bender is saying, if you knew the value of one moment of Azamra, if you really knew it, it would take up so much of your consciousness and awareness that there's no way you wouldn't dig your hand into the cookie jar, which means living a life of Azamra more. There's no way you wouldn't. So, you knew how, how powerful this was to you? Or how you, effective? Like, I mean, I'm going back just to value. Like the, you, could say, you could say all those words. It's true. I, I don't know the extent of the power of anything. But I could decide for me what's precious. I could, I could decide for myself what is meaningful. On a level of po- godly potency, I don't know. I have no idea. If, I just have to keep Torah and mitzvahs. I don't know the, if, if the way I'm doing it, it, it's not about how powerful it is. It's about how much, it's, how much it means to you. But if it's really not that valuable to me, I'm not going to go and continue this avoda anywhere else. Could you, could you continue that thought? First of all, thanks for that personal example. So in shul, you have this, this thought and you realize, wow, isn't that a beautiful kind of perspective? And then can you, can you like continue with that? And then what? So you look at these men in shul and you're like, wow, they haven't put on tefillin for 20 years and here they are. And so, right, but the thing is, yeah. do I kid myself? That, that's the, going back to you know the beginning of the, in, in the. It's like, am I real? With, did I really azamra it? Meaning, am I just? Even a superficial azamra. Yeah, it could I be. Know it's the right. It's thought. the right thought to think that it's so beautiful that they're in shul, but did it really become the way that I look at them? Did it really become the way that I look at them? It's like when you're annoyed at your child and you call them sweetheart. Like, <laughs> you're right. not really feeling it. You know it's the right thing to say. <laughs> say I hate you. And it's the beginning. So when we were in school, and we ate, my husband had a said that he never looked towards the parking lot. Because he didn't want to know who drove to school. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody in school was a show much about you. They were sitting here, they were, they were keeping shop. It's like that sort of thing. Yeah, you didn't want to. 
can't peek over there because uh-huh. from my point of view, everyone is showing Shabbat. Everyone's over there. Yeah. What? Everyone's over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Man, I don't know. know. The other side of the <laughs> and then it's like between them and God. Like, why do mm-hmm. I have to put That's myself it. in there? Right. Yeah. Like, let me live the. But that, so the Avoda by. So let's go to just to Rebbe Eitan. Let's go to that Avoda. And, and expand from like expand from what you were saying. So if if I take inventory of the way that wow, oh my God, this is how I've chosen to conduct a kahila in your situation. That if if there was more and maybe there was, I have no idea. I'm stam giving it as an example. I have no idea. I just know of amazing things you guys were doing there. I don't know Lemaisa, I'm just giving it as an example. If you guys looked more and more into wow, it really became the way that we look at people and it filled you with simcha that this is how you choose to look at them. And your children see you guys as non-judgmental yidin. Well, I'll tell you that my children... That's the greatest simcha in the world. different relationship with Abba Yisrael than my one who was younger. I'm so sure. He didn't know Jews. So he's like, very... He's very masculine. She's going to be having right now. I know when I heard you tense. My older one was like, oh, after I chew it. Like, it, he's very, very open. So he said they had... In, in America, they learned about Israel, and Israel, they learned Torah. So, right. You know, there's a, there's a trade-off there. Um, I want to go. I want to. I just want to go back to the way we were developing because it's very chashuf for me for this year to, to 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 hopefully explain this. If you took more mental notice of the beauty of choosing to really not look at the parking lot. And it didn't even become something that you had to work on every week. It was just natural. Like I'm looking at who's in shul, not at the parking lot. What a simcha that can fill my heart and soul with. Mm-hmm. Reb Levi, he's saying, based on Rabbi Nachman saying, there's no way you wouldn't choose to keep on going with that trail mm-hmm. everywhere else in your life and with yourself. And also, you no way. Like Zebatuach, that, that's for sure. Like that's for sure. For sure. Like I said, this stuff is contagious. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I, I was... Remember I told you that last week our friend uh, passed away, someone we were learning for for a while, Nachman, and I was watching his son's bris this week because I was getting some footage, I was preparing some footage to give to, the, to, his, to his yatom, to his, um, no, to, to his orphan, yeah. So he had an amazing bris in the Karlevach show, this kid, and it was a very, very high moment. And Rabbi Shlomo gave this kid a bracha, he said, he said, Psachia, I want you to know that when, when, Be'ezrat Hashem, when you, when you are going to walk into the base Medrash and learn, everyone should just, and the way that, you know, the way that you and your, you'll be like your parents who, his parents, Mamash, his father had and his mother still has for many more years, Be'ezrat Hashem, Mamash Azamra eyes. That the way people should look at you, walk to the base Medrash, should want to turn on the whole world to learn Torah. Because if this is what learning Torah is about, that's what people are going to want to have more of. So these things spread. But we have to value it. Like this is the Nakuda of this teaching. Not just that Azamra is important to do, but Azamra is important to, eval- to really value. And I think, and it's good what you brought up in the beginning of Shir. I think there's a very interesting chiluk between valuing a good point that you've done and hitnasut and uh, arrogance. It, it is an important chiluk. I can be very happy that this is what my Yiddishkeit is, is about, and it can be holy, or it can be arrogant. What would the arrogant side of, azam, of, of taking inventory of your azamra sound like? 
an arrogant. I'm so great. I'm nothing more to work on. <laughs> or that I'm so good, so smart that I can't work with this person or learn with this person because they're not at my level. Like I'm not ready to spread and teach them because. Right, because to do a zamra, you got to be really on a high level, which is where I'm at. <laughs> if you realize that the ability to do a zamra comes from Hashem, and that He's helping you do this, <laughs> then, then you can't. You can't be it. You can't be mitnase. <laughs> Thank you. Each time I. So just to clarify, though, Azamra is how I'm supposed to look at, uh, how I strive to look at others, and in this year we're also talking about how we should look at ourselves through this lens? No, no, Azamra is both. In, in, the, in the teaching of Azamra, I realize we really, maybe it's a good mussar. No, 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 it's good for myself. I realize that maybe we should have just learned the teaching before looking inside. Azamra begins by saying the nekudot tovot by other people, and then he says, by the way, this has to be done on yourself as well. It's both. But can you value that? that you have to. Right. But you have, he's saying here, <coughs> excuse me, you have to value it. You have to realize, you have to ask Hashem. Basically, you have to dive in over Hashem. Show me, how, show me how valuable this really is. Show me how healthy it is to live like this. Don't, don't send me to a funeral to see a guy that died young from a heart attack because he didn't live like this for me to value it. Let me value it just straight. Okay, let's do this, this paragraph again. Hava nitbonen. Ketzad yitachen davar kaze shela adam litenet ha'efsharut liskot berchush yakar nosaf al ma sheyesh lo kvar. A person has the opportunity for more and more riches. Umarpei adav ve'enon notel but he doesn't take advantage of the riches that are given to him. Me'echan zanovah, where does the sprout from? Ki imeno sas lakachat od, the person's not mamish thrilled, ecstatic. To take more, to do more of this kind of work, to take more good, to write more nigunim, like Rebbe Nachman would say. Kechol anire eno chashu margish et chashivut arechusha ba'aleyado. All it means is, in this context, he says, it's not so much about fear. It's just that you don't really have the proper value for what you already have. All the things you already have in life. All the good stuff you've already done, you don't really value it. Kelomar, שחיסרון השמחה בנקודה טובה היא הסיבה שלא ישאף לרכוש עוד ועוד נקודות טובות. A lack of simcha that isn't apparent in the work of Azamra, that is the reason that a person doesn't strive to accumulate more of the riches that are given to him in this world. Basically, according to Rabbi Nachman, the greatest wealth a person can have, the most glamorous lifestyle a person can have is by walking around with the Zamra eyes on everyone and everything. I think you can see this uh, uh, with uh, people like, when they keep Shabbat for the first time. It's like that's exactly where they are. Like in this great life and happiness and whatever. And we've, we've been doing this since like we were right. born. And it's like, not, I mean, 
And if we would appreciate and value Shabbos more, so maybe we'd get to that level of... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this nekuda you're bringing up is... Um, it's what we're working on here in our community every single Shabbos. This is like one of the most important things. It's not about so much the chidushim, it's just realizing what we already have. Right. People that need to keep on adding things to the house, it means that the house is not so, doesn't have... Yeah. That's exactly what they say. Yeah. Like yeah. You're accumulating all these things, and so it means you don't appreciate. Right. There's no bidiyuk. That's yeah. exactly it. Exactly. Yeah. gadol. This is a great loss. Hen al You're losing the past because you did such amazing things, but you don't really value it. So you kind of lost. You lose the value of what was and of the present, and of the future. And then, the doubt is, where do I really go from here? If that holy monstrous thing didn't really fill my heart with value and appreciation, what, what, what am I looking for exactly in Avodat Hashem? Like, what do I think is going to fill me? What other thing am I... What, what, do, I, what do I assume is going to like take the, fill my heart with value and preciousness. So many people think it's the accumulation of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Silence. But if you have this knowledge and you don't share it, mm-hmm. then this is one of my biggest complaints with some of the people back where I was, that the, you know, the men sat and learned, and that's wonderful, but if they were asked to give over a shear or to do something, mm-hmm. oh, no, I can't do that, right? Like, but, but to keep it connected to what we're learning, does that mean they didn't value what they learned? I think to, in order to value something, you, to give it real erech, you have to share it, to spread it. So mm-hmm. that the erech the of that mm-hmm. thing, whatever it is, goes, you know... Oh, it's a snowball, it, mm-hmm. right? It gets bigger and bigger, you know? It's the pay it forward, yeah. right? If I'm not, if I'm valuing it, keeping it to myself, then I'm not really giving it a true erech. So you're saying no, yeah. <laughs> right? Or they don't believe, the their, no, or right. they don't believe in their, their ability, ability to transmit. To what does it say about the value? Um, they believe there is value, but they didn't attain it. Okay, so that's a little yeah. bit different. That's a little bit different than me. I could believe in the the value of themselves. They believe that in themselves. You know, the the Lubavitcher Rebbe never told people that they should become teachers once they've mastered courses. (laughs) What did the Rebbe say? So that so that's a really great way of of, If you know Aleph, teach Aleph. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing. It's an amazing way. It's a, but I think what what's the like? I would think if I have to like try to darshan it out. If I if you know Aleph, teach Aleph. What happens to the Aleph once you teach it? You, not to yourself. What happens to you? To the value. Your val. Its value to you grows. And then you want. And it fills you with simcha, but. If teaching someone Aleph doesn't bring you any simcha, then you haven't really learned Aleph. Or it keeps you from wanting that. 
It keeps you both. It both. It prevents you from kisufim to want to learn bet. And that's why he said about the atid. It affects the future, but it also affects what you thought you had. It affects aleph, because you never really had it. How do you find your aleph? I'm sorry? How do you find your aleph with what he's speaking about? It's in every aspect of your life. Well, but, but, but I think you're referring to Azamra, right? How do you find the aleph of Azamra? Like, how do you find the beginning? You I'm said that a person needs to find, like, the one thing, the one nekudat How do you find the first nekudat and make that go? Okay, this is, that's, that's a great question. That's a wonderful question. And we'll, we'll end the share with that. Um, let, you want to do this on someone else or on yourself? <laughs> it's, Rabbi Nachman says in Azamra, he says, it can't be that there's a person in the world that doesn't have a Nekudat Tova. It just can't be. There's no way. But as you said, it's much easier to do it on someone else than on yourself. Well, we're not going to do, Anna, but we're not going to do a group therapy on, on, on you right now, or on anyone. No, you can choose anything. You can say, I woke up this morning on time. I was able to get my kids out. Like, any small thing that you did throughout the day is something to do Those are big things. Those aren't little things. Yeah. yeah, those are really big yeah. ones to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, what, what, what the, we're going we're gonna to continue this next <laughs> week. <laughs> it's true. You could just say, actually, yeah. You say, I'm here. I was here last week. I'm still, like, I'm still wanting some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's whatever you choose it to be. But again, the, the purpose is not to teach you how to do a Zamra or to reveal a Zamra. It's to value a Zamra. That's the purpose of this teaching. We're, we're only halfway there. We'll continue with Hashem next week because this value, if I have this value of it, I'll realize I have so many things that I have already have in my arsenal I just don't value them so much. So that's why I don't feel connected to them. So this is going to open up the gates, hopefully for us to, to appreciate and value all the things we've already accumulated so that, we, so that we're not tip shame and don't take advantage of all the other more you know, goods that we could stick our hands into and, and take out this Ratashim. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Jess.